seeds, vegetables, fruits, fungi, algae, yeast, and some other non-animal-based foods. With or without dairy products, honey, and or eggs. A vegetarian does not eat foods that consist of or have been produced with the aid of products consisted, consisting of or created from any part of the body of a living or dead animal. This includes meat, poultry, fish, selfish, insects, byproducts of slaughter, or any food made with processing aid from these. Live science says a carnivore is simply any species that eats meat and thus can range from and this can range from carnivorous plant carnivorous plants and insects to what we typically think of when we hear the word carnivore, like tigers and wolves. So carnivora is an order of mammals that include candies such as wolf, dog, steel cat, bears, Weasels, raccoons, seals, and others, according to the Cyclopedia, 12 families of, and 270 species in all. While some, some carnivores also supplement their diets with vegetation on occasion. For example, bears are omnivores. They eat plants and meat. And pandas are herbivores, which primarily eat plants. There are carnivorous, carnivorous plants. There are more than 600 species of carnivorous plants. I never even, I thought it was me, like a couple of them guys, but a lot of, that's a lot for a carnivorous plant anyway. They get some of their nutrients by trapping and digesting insects and sometimes small falls in mammals. You have uh, many carnivore, carnivore types. Carnivores eat mostly meat, are called obligate carnivores. They cannot properly digest vegetation. So the carnivores that eat mostly meat can't proper, properly digest vegetation. The cat family, including the lions, tigers, and small cats, for example, are obligate carnivores. Carnivores are also called hypercarnivores, which are animals whose diet consists of at least 70% meat, according to National Geographic. Many hypercarnivores, such as members of the carnivore order, have heavy skulls with strong facial muscular musculature to aid in holding prey, cutting flesh, or grinding bones. So that's that the strong line jaw thing. So many also have a special fourth upper molar, molar and first lower molar. They close together in a Sharing action like scissors, which allows animals to slice meat from their prey. These two teeth together are called the carnicial teeth. Animals that depend on meat for less than 50% of their diet are called mesial carnivores. Mesial carnivores are typically small to mid-sized species and often live close to human populations. That's these guys you see around in the hood now, the raccoons, uh, foxes, coyotes, are examples of mesial carnivores. Hypercarnivores are carnivores that eat at least the hypercarnivores are carnivores that eat the least amount of meat. Hypo carnivores. They consume meat for less than thirty percent of their diet. That's hypo night hyper. These animals eat meat, fish, berries, nuts, and roots. These animals can also be considered omnivores. Omnivores, of course, are the guys that eat meat and all uh, vegetation. Hypocarnivores have smaller carnicial teeth and larger molars to accommodate their varied diet. A carnivore is simply any species that eats meat, and this can range from carnivorous, carnivorous plants and insects to what we typically think of when we hear the word carnivore, like the tiger and the lion. Okay. 
So humans are not physically created to eat meat, says one author. Although some historians and anthropologists say that man is historically omnivorous, our anatomic equipment, teeth, jaws, and digestive systems favors a fleshless American Dietetic Association notes that most of mankind for the most of human history has lived on vegetarian or near vegetarian diet. Swedish scientist Carl von Lenz states that man's structure, external and internal compared to compared with that of other animals shows that fruit and succulent vegetables constitute his natural food. When you look at the comparison between herbivores and humans, we compare much closely to herbivores than meat-eating animals. Humans are clearly not designed to digest and ingest meat. For instance, he says meat-eaters have claws, herbivores have no claws, humans have no claws. Meat-eaters have no skin, pores, and perspire through their tongue. Herbivores perspire through skin pores. Humans perspire, perspire through skin pores. Meat eaters have sharp front teeth for tearing, with no flat molar teeth for grinding. Herbivores have no front teeth, no sharp front teeth, but flat rear molars for grinding. Humans, no sharp front teeth, but flat rear molars for grinding. In terms of sharp front teeth, they're talking about what we call like fangs on a cat, lions, you know, those long body length so that rapidly decaying meat can pass through quickly. That's a good point right there. Herbivores have intestinal tracts 10 to 12 times their body length. That means that food is passing through a longer terminal to get through the body. Humans have an intestinal tract 10 to 12 times their body length, just like herbivores. Meat eaters have strong hydrochloric acid in their stomachs to digest meat. Herbivores have stomach acid that is 20 times weaker than that of a meat eater. Humans have stomach acid that is 20 times weaker than that of a meat eater. Meat eaters' salivary um, glands in the mouth is not needed to pre-digest grains and fruit. Herbivores, well-developed salivary, gland, salivary glands which are necessary to pre-digest grains and fruit. As you know, uh, humans will develop salivary gland also, which is necessary to pre-digest grains and fruit. As you know, so the minute you put something in your mouth, your saliva starts to break it down. So sounds like we got a lot in common with the um, herbivores. Meat eaters have acid saliva with no enzymes, Pre-digest grains. Herbivores have alkaline saliva, with treatment to produce to pre-digest to pre-digest grains. Humans have alkaline saliva with treatment to pre-digest grains. Also, based on the chart by uh, this based on the chart by A D R Andrews from uh, Fit Food for Men from the Chicago American Hygiene Society in 1970. So, clearly, if humans were meant to eat meat, we wouldn't have so many critical, crucial, ingestive, digestive similarities with animals that are herbivores. People ask, if we were supposed to eat meat, then why do we? Is it because we are conditioned? It is because we are conditioned to eat meat. Also, the ADA, American Dietetic Association, tells us that most of mankind, for the most of human history, has lived on a vegetarian or lacto-opo-vegetarian diet. I have some other information that kind of disputes that, but... So, here's what they say about meat. Meat petrifies within four hours at the consumption, and the remnants cling to the walls of the intestines for 14 to 21 days, Okay? So meat 
fries within four hours after consumption, and the remnant clings to the wall of the intestine for 14 to 21 days. So as you eat meat, it's basically saying that it stays in your intestines for a long period of time. 14 to 21 days is a long time uh, for anything to be staying in your body, even on vegetables. If a person is suffering from constipation, the rotting meat can stay in the intestines for months or years. That's not good. Furthermore, the saliva in humans is more alkaline, whereas in the case of flesh eating and prey animals, it's clearly acidic. All omnivores and and carnivorous animals eat their meat raw. Humans don't do that. Even beards that are prominent, that even beards that are omnivorous eat salmon, salmon raw. However, eating raw, bloody meat disgusts us humans. This is why we must cook it and season it up to buffer the taste of the flesh. Burned in a forest, a carnivorous animal will not eat its flesh. Even circus lions have to be fed raw meat so that they will not starve to death. If humans were truly meat, meant to eat meat, then we would eat all of our meat raw and bloody. If we are true carnivores or omnivores, we would eat animal flesh raw and bloody, cooking our meat and seasoning it with salt, ketchup, mayo, mustard, and tobacco sauce to disguise the awful taste of flesh. This is the only way we humans would eat meat because we refuse to eat it raw and bloody like real carnivores do. I know somebody might be thinking, well, what, what about sushi? Because I know sushi is kind of raw. It is raw, but it's not raw and bloody. It's not fresh off of the bone of whatever animal you took it off of. You know, the heart wasn't beat, not beaten when you eat it. So it's kind of been through a process to make it more uh, pleasing and, uh, uh, for you to eat. So this says eight reasons, um, well, some reasons that meat is bad for you. I don't want to go through a whole lot of things about why meat is so bad for you, you know, but one thing that I think everybody agrees with is uh, processed meat is not good for you. And uh, there's connection between processed meat and um, cancer, salami, bacon, processed hot dogs. Uh, then they go to uh, that's group one. All cancer. Group 2A, another group they call it, group um, or red meat have been given group 2A classification, pork, beef, and lamb. That doesn't include chicken or fish. That's probably called the cancer group. Okay? So they say that it increases your risk of heart disease and diabetes. More meat does that. Uh, eating meat makes it harder to maintain a healthy body weight. So Bill Clinton's decision to uh, omit meat from his diet, you know, just so he could have a better life. I mean, that's nice. I mean, I've done the same thing. Uh, you know, just with some information that I've read about uh, meat myself, particularly uh, how it stays in its digestive system and its relationship to colon cancer. Anyway. Meat carries the highest risk of foodborne illness. Like I said, uh, food poisoning strikes an estimated 48 million people in the U.S. each year. Beef is a top cause of outbreak, causing more of them than chicken and pork. Now, that's interesting. It might contribute, meat eating might contribute to, all right, guys, I want to listen to this. Uh, it says that, it might contribute to erectile dysfunction in men. Now, I've never heard that before. Uh, meat, eggs, and dairy products slow the flow of blood to all the body's organs. And that's not the heart. Originally, it was thought that emphasis was caused only by anxiety, but according to the Erectile Dysfunction Institute, up to 90% of all cases of impotence are actually physical as opposed to 
psychological, meaning the high cholesterol, obesity, diabetes, prostate cancer, or inflammation and hormonal imbalance that eating meat causes might also contribute to impotence. That's something to think about. That could kill the whole meat industry right there. Anyway, uh, myths uh, about meat eating by Hater Kadja. He says, for more than 2 million years, we were primarily meat eaters. Only in the last 10,000 years did the human diet shift with the cultivation of grains and legumes. We are more suited to this diet lower in meat. In the last 10,000 years, we've gotten smaller in stature and brain size with a heavy grain and sugar-based diet. We are suffering increased rates of obesity, cancer, diabetes, osteoporosis. We are also experiencing alarming incidents of skin problems, heart disease, and inflammation of all kinds. Our genes were developed before the agricultural revolution when we were not only meat eaters but enthusiastic ones at that. Here are some reasons why we should eat meat, she said. We are created that way. We have incisors for tearing meat and molars for grinding it. She's saying our incisors are the front teeth, the thin ones at the tip are made for tearing meat and our molars in the back of our mouth are made for grinding, which we, I'm sure we use it for that tearing meat, bread, and anything that we can. So it might be it help us eat meat, but I don't think it helps us eat raw meat. Because we don't, we can't take, we can't rip. It'd be very difficult for us to rip through a carcass of an animal. Okay. The degenerative health conditions that are prevalent now weren't around when the cavemen were living off meat, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, and uh, fruit. Just for a record, um, they found new evidence that kind of says that. Uh, so-called uh, pro-magnum man lived with the um, homo erectus. So uh, they lived around the same time. But going back to what this lady was saying, um, in hunter-gatherer societies, 45 to 65% of energy required requirements are derived from animal sources and heart disease, obesity, and type 2 diabetes. The diseases that plague society today were not a problem. With the introduction of grains and processed food, these diseases reared their ugly heads at alarming rates. So here we go again with processed food. So even the meat eaters agree, with, agree again, that processed foods, no matter what kind of foods they are, are not good for us. So stable blood sugar. Meat helps keep blood sugar levels stable due to its fat and high protein content. That um, muscle growth. I don't know if you bodybuilders and weightlifters, uh, you have to fuel your body with the right nutrients to achieve sufficient muscle repair and recovery to make gains. Meat also contains vitamins and minerals that aid in muscle growth, like zinc, which assists in muscle repair, and iron boost energy levels and combat fatigue. If meat positive, strike that crucial role in muscle growth isn't enough, meat also helps burn fat. All right, anybody trying to lose weight? Meat is high in a thermogenic effect. Meat has a high thermogenic effect because of its protein content so that approximately 30% of its calories are burnt off during digestion alone. Digesting carbohydrates produces only a 6 to 8% increase in energy expenditure, while digesting the protein in meat typically produces a whooping 25 to 40% increase. Now, just to add to that, there are vegetables that are high in protein also. Neurotransmitter health. The meat provides, meat protein provides all the essential amino acids the human body needs. 
people who don't eat meat are especially vulnerable to are neurotransmitter imbalances, which can result in problems like depression, anxiety, and hyperactivity. According to research conducted by the University of Gratz, vegetarians are two to three times more likely than meat eaters to suffer from depression disorders and somatoforum disorders and syndrome. That's interesting. I guess you would, though, depending on where you live at, if you can't find food to eat, that's kind of depressing. Anyway. We rely on prescribed medications to cure some of these conditions when the answer may be simple as eating a juicy hamburger or a tender chicken breast. That sounds good. I don't even eat it. That's, I, I know what it tastes like, though. But anyway, long-lasting energy. It says meat. Our bodies utilize the protein in meat for sustained, long-lasting energy. All right? So, you know, I remember I used to eat Twice in a night, meat. It's just a bulk up when I was lifting weights. So, uh, another critical component. The stimulation of orexin cells is directly linked to energy expenditure and wakefulness. So, I guess it helps you stay up if you eat meat. Uh, pair meat with vegetables, bolstered, a low glycemic index and you'll be feeling like the Energizer Bunny all day. So they say meat is going to give you the energy that vegetables won't do. Essential nutrients. There are many nutrients in meat that are critical to overall health. All B vitamins are found in a greater concentration in meat, in greater concentration in meat than in plant sources. And vitamin B12 can only be found in animal sources. The B vitamins are critical to health, especially mental health. Deficits in these vitamins can cause confusion, impaired senses, aggression, insomnia, weaknesses, dementia. That's interesting. Aggression. So we so we have we live in a society that has a lot of aggressive people, so are they like vegetarians or what? You know, that's very interesting. Hmm. Anyway, bottom line she says. The last reason to eat meat because it tastes damn good. Take off the grill, roast the chicken, tend the roast pot. Need she say any more? So be true to your human nature and to your taste buds. Don't cut meat out of your life. It has a way. It has way too much to offer meat. I mean, it tastes good. I, you know, hey, it's up. So we go on to. evidence of humans as being omnivorous. As far back as we can be traced, clearly the archaeological record indicates an omnivorous diet for humans that include meat. Our ancestry is amongst the hunters and gatherers from the beginning. Once domestication of food sources began, it included both animals and plants. So these this author is saying that a long time ago, man ate animals and vegetation. It's easier to eat vegetation than it is to catch an animal. I've seen that on the uh, history channels and you know the nature channels. That's very difficult. You're not hurting these animals or or them domestic. Or they're not domesticated. It's difficult to catch them, especially for a man. So anyway, relative number of distribution of cell types, there are a relative number of and distribution of cell types as well as structural specializations are more important than overall length of the intestines to determine the typical diet. So the length of the he's, he's, he's negating the whole intestinal uh, tract, how long it is in uh, herbivores and how short it is in uh, Carnivores. Dogs are typical carnivores, but the intestinal characteristics have more in common with omnivores. Wolves eat quite a lot of plant material. Fermenting that 
Nearly all plant eaters have ferment in that in large chambers with food fit and microbes attack it. I don't know if y'all know this. The cow has, they're talking about like these little sacks that they have in their body where that food just sits there. Maybe that's a, the three stomach stomachs is one of these vats. Uh, anyway, they say uh, horses, rhinos, monkeys, evidence, you know, all these, all of them had that kind of thing. Jaws, the evidence on the structure, the function of the human hands and jaws behaving evolutionary history also either support an omnivorous, omnivorous diet or fails to support strict vegetarianism. The best evidence comes from our teeth. The short canines in humans are, that's the two I was talking about, the canine. I don't know why I was in dental lab tech. I should have known that. The short canines in humans are a functional consequence of the enlarged cranium and associated reduction of the size of the jaw. Primate canines function as both distance weapons and visual threats. That's still a distance weapon. Uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, the primates with the largest canines, gorillas and baboons, both have basically vegetarian diets. Broken human, um, in, in archaeological sites, broken human molars are most often confused with broken Three molars and molars of pig, a classic omnivore. On the other hand, some herbivores have well-developed sizes that are often mistaken for those of human feet found on an archaeological excavation. The salivary uh, glands, so we talked about that. These indicate we could be omnivorous. Now, I don't, I don't know why they're saying that, because... Uh, it says saliva and urine data vary dependent on diet, not uh, taxonomic group, but humans have an alkaline uh, based saliva based like herbivores. So I don't know. That's a kind of a contradiction right there. Intestinal absorption is a surface area, not linear problem. Dogs, which are carnivores, have intestinal specialization more characteristic of omnivores than carnivores, such as cats. The relative number of crypts and cell types is a better indication of diet than simple length. Now, that's some stuff, the science stuff like this. So we are intermediate between the two groups. So they say man is in, in between a, a carnivore and a herbivore. So in conclusion, he says that... Um, Humans are classic examples of, earth, of omnivorous uh, beings in all relevant anatomic traits. There is no basis in anatomy or physiology for the assumption that humans are, for that reason, the best argument in support of a meat-free diet remains ecological, ethical, and health concerns. Now, I don't get that. If it's good for you, how do you have health concerns? But you know, I'm gonna go into something else. So then we have um, we have another PhD making a comment, Mr. Uh, Don McArdell, PhD. He said that uh, there's no category. No scientific category called omnivore, which I find to be on. That's interesting. I have time to research that because I see a lot of people using that term. Everybody using it uh, in academia, in, in my research, but I have not done a lot of research. I've done a little bit of research. So that's not a, um, a real category, a scientific um, category. Says nearly all plant eaters have fermented fat. You know, that's one argument, you know, about humans not being on herbivores. You know, but then again, like I said, I use the term vegetarian, which really includes a lot of the categories that they speak about. Herbivores, carnivores is excluded from that uh, definition. Vegetarians eat nuts, fruit, 
vegetables. So, Cancer uh, Council, NSW, World Earth Health Organization, has testified processed meat, including ham, salami, salad, and hot dog. Man, hot dog. Getting a bad rap. Um, Carcinogen, which means there is a strong evidence that processed meat may cause cancer. Red meat, such as beef, lamb, and pork, has been classified as a probable cause. Cancer Council estimates that in 2010, one in six or 2,600 new bowel cancer causes cases in Australia were associated with consuming too much red meat and processed meat. Okay? Now, I don't know that lean red meat can be an important source of iron, zinc, and vitamin B12, as we said previously. They said that there is not enough evidence to draw any conclusions on eating poultry and the risk of cancer. However, eating fish may help reduce the risk of bowel, breast, and prostate cancer. Now, that's bad for the fish, but that's good for the people that may eat it. But, man, that might, that's like putting a hit on fish. Okay. Meat may affect cancer risk because of chemicals formed during digestion that may have, that may have been found damaged the cell that lines the bowel. The cell, so during digestion, there's a chemical action with the meat. That damages your intestines, they say. It's just, that's like, I guess it's eroding or, uh, or, you know. Other likely effects include the fat, the fat content and the way it is processed or cooked or because big meat eaters miss out on other protective foods such as fruit and vegetables or whole grain cereals. Now, that's kind of uh, leaning toward that. If you eat meat, eat plenty of raw vegetables, or vegetables and whole grain cereal so that you can get that meat out of your system. But those things help flush you. So if you do eat meat, make sure you get it out of you. If you put it in, make sure it comes out. You don't want to stand in there for a month, 14 days, and stuff like that. You don't want nothing staying in you that long. So every time you eat, you should have to go to the bathroom after that. Processed meats have long been um, linked to all cancers. There are 13 vegetarian, vegan, Olympic athletes who inspire us. Vegetarian and diets are frequently stigmatized by others. Remember, I don't know if you remember, you said that they're weak and they have all these problems with vegetarian depression and, you know, all these things wrong with them. So, not eating meat is unnatural. It's weird. Vegetarians must be so weak and unhealthy that nothing could be further from the truth. Vegetarian diets are not just a frequent staple of healthy living, but are enjoyed by some of the fittest people on our planet. With the 2014 Winter Olympics, that's in the horizon. Well, this is old, right? This is the old story. We are reminded that it is not only possible, but quite common to compete at the highest level of athletic excellence, excellence remaining completely vegetarian. So here are some guys that did it. Some of the greatest Olympic athletes from around the world, past and present, who reached their athletic success while living the vegetarian or vegan lifestyle. That vegan is even, ooh, that's a strict uh, lifestyle right there. Alexei Boyaboda, Boyaboda, a Russian bobsledder, is a mountain of a man and a two-time Olympic medalist. He credits his raw, vegetarian, and healthy living to his high fitness level. And all eyes will be on him. Anna Teacher is a talented American half-pipe snowboarder. She already medaled in each year of the last two Olympic Games. She has attributed a plant-based diet to giving her the renewed strength and energy that they say vegetarians don't have to reach and stay at the highest possible competitive level in her sport. There's somebody you probably know, Edwin 
Moses completely dominated the sport of running for eight solid years from 
Pride of a Nation during the, ninth, the, during the 2008 Olympics in London when she won a coveted cycling medal. All without, as she puts it, eating corp. So we have a lot of information here, and some of it's contradicting, you know, the other. I'm, you know. One thing we can be sure, that vegetarians are not weak people. So eating vegetables provides health benefits, right? I'm think, I think we all know that. Even the, uh, the people who are pro-meat say that meat eaters should, you know, it would be healthier if they were vegetables and fruit, you know, because you need that the nutrients you get from them and you need that roughness. Oh, get some of that meat out of you. We won't send you for that, for that 14, 21 days to a month or a year. That's crazy. Something's dying inside of you for a year. So nutrients and vegetables are vital for health and maintenance of your body. Eating a diet rich in vegetables may reduce risk of stroke, cancer, heart disease, type 2 diabetes. One to four cups of vegetables are recommended each day depending on how many calories you need. To find out how many vegetables you need to use to eat, use a healthy eating planner. I don't have that. So, add to a growing body of literature linking red meat composition with increased, increased heart disease risk. So, this is a lot of science stuff right here. So, the protein CRP things like that, discover which is made by microbes that live in your gut. So meat staying in your gut is not good for you, all right? There's a global hunt in processing using cardiovascular fingerprints. They're linking uh, meat to cardiovascular, that's your heart, to identify the risk of heart disease. So you don't want that. We function best by this guy says we function best by eating both plants and animals. Throughout evolution, humans and pre-humans, whatever they whatever they are, have been eating meat. Our digestive systems are well equipped to make full use of fat, proteins, and nutrients found in animal food. Well, I find that interesting. The truth is that humans are omnivorous. We function best eating both animals and plants. So I'm, I'm assuming that means that the end result of eating meat and plants, we are healthier. So that's to those Olympians. Humans have much shorter digestive systems than herbivores and don't have the specialized organs to digest cellulose, the main fiber in plants. So this guy says we don't have the specialized organs to digest cellulose in plants. So also have Canine. I don't get that. With big brains, opposing thumbs, and the ability to make tools to hunt. Meat was one of the reasons humans were able to evolve such large, elaborate brains. This guy says because we ate meat, that's why our brains are so big. Is anybody listening? (laughs) So some of the earliest evidence shows that our pre-human ancestors were eating meat as early as 1.5 million years ago. Meat contains nutrients, high quality. Unprocessed meat is high in many nutrients. So the argument here is that, okay, processed meat, yes. Carcinogenic. We, we know, but, you know, they, they kind of agree on that. They can see that. But they're saying that fresh meat. Not the same thing. Processed meat is also loaded with healthy fats, but meat from grass-fed animals contains up to five times as much omega-3 as meat from grain-fed animals. But the nutrient composition of meat goes beyond all the macro and micronutrients that we are all familiar with. So a lot of science, all we got creatine. Forms the energy reserve in the muscle and the brain, and it's found only in animal food. 
creatine, but make sure you drink a lot of water if you uh, get a lot of creatine in your body. Clean up, uh, flush your uh, liver and kidneys out. Uh, Carnosine functions as an antioxidant and provides protection against many degenerative processes. Carnosine is only found in animal foods. I, you know, I think it's time to research all this. There's so much information here that it almost sounds like it's okay to eat meat. And meat is not harmful uh, to you, even though we have information that's saying meat can be harmful. You know, anything that you eat can be harmful to you. Uh, even uh, vegetables can be harmful if it's something harmful has been done to the vegetables, like pesticides and, or contaminants. And we have a caller. Caller, welcome to Provocative Start. Hey, how you doing, caller? This is Kenny Jones. What's up, Kenny Jones? How you feeling? All right, my brother. Um, yes, I can hear you. If if we cannot eat meat, if the body is uh, is not so, so cannot digest red meat, what can what what, uh, what is good for the body? Poultry, you know, uh, fish. What, what what else is? Well, from what I'm saying is, you can eat you can eat red meat, but you have to understand. That uh, it stays in the body longer, right? Yeah. And you need to get it out. So the longer it stays in the body, the more health concerns it might uh, cause. And actually, that goes for any food staying in your body. But you know, red meat is flesh still decomposing in your body. You know, you know how flesh, you know what flesh dead flesh smell like. It was it was just laying somewhere. You know what that's like, right? Right, 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 right. That's going on in your body. That's that. That's not healthy for you. Are we so, supposed you know, to be vegetarians? Is you know, human uh, to... you know that's what, that was the question. Are we vegetarians or not? Are we? Uh, you know, that, that some of the authors are saying, some of the research is saying that we eat both meat and all uh, vegetables. Uh, other people are saying that uh, we're not our teeth. Our incisors, which this guy, one guy is saying that that's making uh, cut meat. Just, you know, your two front teeth, your lateral, and your arm. Uh, yeah. But, uh, oh. Yeah, but check, but check this out. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you were saying that our bodies can't digest dairy products like milk and, and butter. Right. Foods of that nature. You know, right. so. True. So we can't. Our body's not supposed to process dairy products. Our body cannot uh, process meat in, in a in a, right. a twenty four hour period. So why properly. is properly? So right. why are we? Why why are they selling these products that they know the scientists and the medical professions say is not good for the human uh, digestive system? They're making money. We kidding? That's easy. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> big business. Come on now. You think you gonna stop killing these cows? You let you kill that industry, the cattle industry? Oh, that is a this big is industry. A long time yeah. industry too. Yeah, yeah the chicken you know. is all of that. Poultry, yeah. yeah. You're not gonna kill that, and and I mean, I mean, look. I doubt very seriously if it, if it happens because we love meat. Come on now. It doesn't matter if it's good for us or not. We do a lot of things that's not good for us. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing. We do many things, not just in our diet, just in the way we live. We are exposed to many things that aren't good to us. That's the way we live. You know what I'm saying? Like they're saying, how can you, they, the one argument for cancer is how do you know if this cancer is coming from the meat? We're exposed to so many carcinogens in our daily living. That cancer could have came from any any one of those resources. Yeah, that's one of the arguments, and that's a good argument. How you know? But I mean, you know, there are other things that could cause cancer, and and that's not coming from meat. Because I'm sure people who don't eat meat can get some kind of uh, intestinal cancer from another source, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, we're exposed, I mean, you know, and you know we're exposed to a lot of uh, bacteria. You know, even the water, even our water system is not safe. 
That's gotta right. have all the lead and uh, all the other pollutants. Uh, we can't even. We, we have to watch. We can't even swim in the uh, ocean. We can't even go to the beach. You know. So I think it's more of what his man is doing to the earth, including the the, the animals and the vegetables. You know, even the, some vegetables are safe because of pesticides, right? That's right. Right. Exactly. They have three to seven pesticides on um vegetables. Then they whack yeah, some of them in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I mean, if you want to look at it in terms of, uh, you know, uh, the process, not much of what we do is safe. Right? Right. But, but they, 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 this one author here is saying, best case scenario, if you kill an animal and eat him, that means it's not harmful. That's what they're saying. Really? Right. But it's the way we process it. Uh, okay. But here's the thing about carnivores. Car- if we are meant to digest meat, why is our saliva is alkaline, not acidic? Our, our body, our stomach acid is not as strong as the carnivore. So why are we eating the same things as a carnivore? Right. right. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a good argument for why we shouldn't eat meat. It's not that we can eat meat, right? We know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, we can eat a whole lot of things. Doesn't mean it's good for you. You can live off of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can live. You know, but that's that's but the the, the uh, question is, is that the thing that your body best functions? Yeah, we right? have to that's be careful about. Yeah, we have to be careful about diets. We really do. You know, we really have to be careful. You're right. And they say, and the medical professions are saying now that, you know, when you go food shopping, you really have to read the ingredients. And if you can't pronounce what the ingredients, don't buy. It. Don't buy. It. Right. Don't Guess buy. What? It. They have words in there. They have words in there that hide what's in it. You know what I'm saying? They said yeah. it. Let you know what, but you don't know what that what that word means. Right. Yes. Right. You gotta take a computer in order to buy food if you really want to do what you just talked about. Right. You gotta take a computer with right. you and start looking stuff up. Mm. Yeah. And it ain't easy. Right. Because you you still be in the supermarket right now. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, we are off the creek without a paddle, bro. Let you uh well grow your food, raise your own stuff, and you know, do it yourself. Mm. All right, Tom. Good show, man. Yeah, brother, hey, you got man. All right. You will not be able to stay home, brother. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox and four parts without commercial interruption. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading the charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from the Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on the court from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still life of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Green Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Jumpsuit.